0: What up, everybody? It's Marcus Grant.
1: Matt Harmon. Mike, the fantasy hitman, right? From NFL Fantasy Live on the NFL Network. From the Fantasy Footballers Podcast. And you listen to the, no you to the No Halftime Podcast. You are listening to the No Halftime Podcast. You are listening to the No Halftime Podcast. You know what it is. No, 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 no halftime.
0: No halftime podcast, episode number 53, is in full effect. Neil. Bruce we're both in the building to talk preseason football fantasy football no halftime preseason challenges anything NFL that finds its way into the discussion is good Bruce my guy how are you doing today
1: I'm good I'm good it's good to be back we haven't uh, talked in a while haven't talked in a while well, yeah, oh, at least
0: we, on the pod. Yeah, at least on the podcast. Took a little bit of a How's everything age. with you,
1: man?
0: <laughs> everything is good, man. Everything's good. Summer's winding down here, so the kids are back in school, all that good stuff. So, you know, things are getting a little more normal.
1: <laughs> that's that's good to hear. That's good to hear.
0: A little more normal. But I figure, man, football is coming back, so that makes life even more normal, at least for us. Not for <laughs> other people around us, but for us, that's more normal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yes, um, indeed.
0: Yes, indeed. One, one thing, I mean, at first, I, preseason obviously gives us plenty to talk about, right? Even just preseason week two, there's plenty to talk about. Um, there's some NFL news that I feel like we should tackle first and then kind of just jump around a little bit in the preseason stuff. Um, the first thing and, like, the most recent of news is that Adrian Peterson is being signed. I don't know. Let's put it this way. On a scale of 1 to 10, he's 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 signing with the Redskins to replace – you know the rookie stud running back guys. On a scale of one to 10, 10 being the highest, what level do we care about this, Bruce? Uh, I would
1: I would say I would say about a, a six. Uh, so the only only reason why I say it's a six and not just like a five, which is just average, right? I would say that because Washington has a pretty good offensive line. I think Adrian, you know, if he's healthy, he's shown in the past, and maybe not necessarily his last year with uh, the Saints and with the Cardinals, but um, he's shown in the past that he's a guy that can come in and give you, you know, give you uh, some solid production. Maybe not necessarily RB one anymore. Maybe not RB two. Maybe just a flex. But you know, he 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 could come in there and be the goal line back. So uh you know a- ap uh, I, it's always hard to cut him out so i think it's a little bit above average a yeah little
0: bit. yeah yeah you're a little bit above average i'm probably a little below average i know a lot of people like ap but it's like come on man i like i would have been happier if like demarco murray didn't retire and they signed him i would have got a little excited about that you know what i'm saying but like AP, eh, mm. man. I mean, I know he was with the Cardinals last year. People feel like he was underused and stuff there. Um, someone hit us up on the Instagram when we posted about it, and they were like, you know, Peterson is far from washed. <laughs> he's not washed. Uh, you know, he didn't get enough touches last year. And I'm like, you know, saying he's, you know, saying he's far from washed is probably, uh, you know, an exaggeration in my opinion. Um, saying he's washed is also an exaggeration, right? I feel like he's somewhere in the middle. Um, But to say he's far from washed, I think that you know is a little bit of (laughs) an exaggeration.
1: Yeah, he's he's definitely not far from being washed. He's almost like you know on the the slippery slope of becoming washed. You know, it's just like one more step, and he he he's gonna be in that uh, that big wash bucket. So yeah, yeah.
0: what's the saying? You got one foot in the grave and one on a banana peel. That's that's uh yeah, yeah. That's Adrian Peterson one Is that, foot in the grave and one in a Redskins uniform. I mean, come on,
1: dude. I've never I've never heard that before, but what? I'm gonna go with it.
0: You never heard of it?
1: I never heard that before.
0: I mean, come on, no, it no, makes no, sense. No, never right? heard of.
1: One. So hold on, let me make check sure out this close. So one foot in the grave, one foot on the banana peel.
0: Yeah, one foot in the grave and one foot on a banana peel. Like hmm. You're just about to slip. I mean, right it, makes it makes
1: sense. Makes sense, but i never heard that before. That must be some Florida stuff. <laughs>
0: Well, you know, I'm glad I can. I'm glad I could bring some kind of substance to the podcast. Um, <laughs> some other news, uh, Hugh Jackson, man, I got to ask you about this, right? Because I talked about on the last episode, rolling, I was rolling solo dolo, but um, mm-hmm. this this whole thing where I don't know if you're watching Hard Knocks or if you're seeing the news about uh, Anthony Callaway, the rookie wide receiver, where he got in trouble. Didn't exactly tell the team he came out of school, you know, they already had a target on his back because, he's you know, it was a troublemaker in college. And the punishment from Hugh was to play him the entire game rather than what, you know, a normal coach does, which is not play you in the game as the punishment. I'm curious, do you think Hugh's punishment was genius or do you think it was dumb?
1: Um, I think it was dumb. Related, but almost, eh, it's related. So I've been uh, hearing and reading reports about Matt Patricia, right? So he's from the Bill Belichick coaching tree um, and the Lions. He's the coach of the Lions. And he recently, um, you know, they had um, back-to-back inter-team scrimmages. Um, So they had, you know, they had the uh, one they they just played against the, the Giants. I forget who they played last week. Raiders. Uh, was it? The, oh yeah, it was the Raiders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. So you know, there were reports that that players were tired. You know, they, and that was one of the reasons why. When you watch the game, and I watched the game against the Giants that they played, they, they looked they looked uh, out of source on both sides of the ball, both on offense and defense. And the reason why I bring that up is because it sounds like Matt Patricia. Uh, is doing the same thing that Bill Bill Belichick has done that before, right? Where he'll have, you know, back-to-back weeks of inter-team scrimmages before a preseason game. Um, And, you know, I don't know if, you know, Matt Patricia thinks, you know, he's going to work these guys into being a team and they're going to respond. But clearly, if you watch that preseason game, those guys weren't given 100%. So, um, you know, these these uh, these coaches who are using these old school methods, yeah, I, I don't know, man. I think uh, it's a fine line. Just like you said, it's a fine line.
0: Yeah, it, it, it is weird. You know, there's a lot of weird stuff going on in preseason, man. Like the Raiders kind of made, I don't want to say made a stink about it, but like they kind of been talking a lot about how, you know, they played the Rams yesterday. And it's like the Rams and the Raiders play week one. And they were like, why were we set up in the preseason to play a team that we play week one? Like, we're not going to obviously be able to play our guys or call plays or do anything specific because these guys are going to, like, study us from this game, you know? So, like, the Raiders went in, like, super vanilla, (laughs) didn't play a lot of starters, like, and the Rams did the same thing. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, it is weird that they scheduled them this way. It's like so many weird things happening in preseason.
1: Now, question for you, question for you is, I thought, well, I know at least with the Giants, I thought uh, there's schedule in the preseason it's something that they always play right so they play it annually anyhow so i know because the giants they play the same teams every year right they play uh, well i should say every year but damn every year so they play the jets they play the patriots um i think this might be the first year they play the uh the lions um but yeah so i know they play they usually play the jets and they play the patriots um, I can't remember if they played the, the Lions and the Browns last year. But either way, I, I thought that, that this, most of these preseason games are pretty much – it's an annual tradition with these teams, you know, that they play the same teams over and over every yeah. year. Is that, is that not the case? I don't know if it is with the Raiders.
0: To be honest, I never really looked at it from year to year. Um, so I'm not really sure. I mean, there may be, you know, reasons why they schedule, you know, certain teams against them. I guess it's just weird that they did the Rams in week one. And, like, you know, you're starting the season against a team you just played two weeks ago. So if you were really were to test things out, it's like it's fresh in their mind, you know?
1: Yeah. But, but, here's, but here's the thing, though, too. Like, for example, I remember the, the year... The Giants won of Super Bowls, uh, and I remember they played the Patriots three times. So <laughs> yeah, they played exactly. play them, play them in the preseason. Uh, they played them in the regular season, the last the last game of the regular season. And then, obviously, they played them in the Super Bowl. So, I mean, I, I almost want to say it, it, some of these schedules are almost predetermined every year. So yeah, I, I'd be curious. Possible. You should take a look at that. Let me know.
0: Yeah, I'm going to check it out. I'll check it out, and I'll update okay. you guys next episode. Um, I, I, hey, I'll tell you one thing that I mean that wasn't really pissing me off. One thing that is pissing me off is these uh these penalty rules, man. Yeah, they're, they're yes. so fucking bogus, bro. I even seen like uh Vikings head coach Mike Zimmer was saying like people are gonna lose their jobs because of it. it' was gonna cost people their jobs. I, I don't know exactly what he means by that, players or what what he means, but. It's like, man, like, some of them, like, it don't even make sense, man. Like, it's just football. And, like, I even mentioned it on Twitter. I'm like, just throw flags on these guys already, man. Let's just call it flag football. Like, this is ridiculous. Like, it doesn't even make sense, man. Like They don't even look aggressive. <laughs> Nothing looks crazy. Nothing's happening.
1: It looks illegal. And they're just like, flag. Yeah. It's like, what are we doing, man? <laughs> <laughs> um, it It's really not clear to me what the rule is, right? I mean, I've seen plays where guys, um, you know, the the offensive player who's running the ball, he, he will lower his head and lower his body in a position that makes it hard to avoid a helmet-to-helmet tackle or a helmet-to-helmet hit. Um, and then I've, also, I've I've seen other plays where the defender will hit the guy with the shoulder pads first, but then obviously, not obviously, but he will hit with the shoulder pads first, but then when you're making a tackle, sometimes the helmets will collide. So it's kind of hard to like, I'm, I'm not, 100%, not 100% sure what the actual uh, rule is. And I think if I'm not if I'm not even sure about it, um, you better believe these players are probably confused as hell about what's going on. And I feel like they're throwing these flags all, all the time while I'm watching these games. Yeah. But maybe they do not have purpose.
0: Yeah, and I, and I think they're calling them more in preseason probably than they will in the season. But it's like, man, these guys have been playing football their whole so. life a certain way. It's like, it's not that serious. You know what I mean, like, I don't know. It's just annoying me yeah. seeing yeah.
1: it. And now, now, now to be to be fair though, there are, I mean you do see some of the players, um I mean you could you could tell the 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 kind of tackles that they're trying to get out of the game, right? The ones where guys are just basically diving in to a tackle with with their helmet, you know, helmet first, those are the ones that are trying to get out of the game, which I think you know lead to concussions and lead to them or the person trying to tackle or maybe even their own front fire teammate, right? But, again, I think it's just not clear what the rule is. And, and I, I, it's, I, I think guys will adjust. I think they will because, you know, they don't want to lose money. Um, but uh, it's just it's just confusing to me. And I'm sure it's confusing as how the players.
0: Yeah, I think the rule is just a little too, like, sensitive. Like, it's a little too sensitive. Like, you know how there's, like, certain games and certain things you operate on where like, you turn the sensitivity level up and down? I feel like the sensitivity is like <laughs> yeah. super low on this right now. <laughs> it,
1: it's like uh, it's like in Call of Duty when you can turn turn the uh, the sensitivity up yeah. and down on the controller. Yeah, just like so. That. Yeah, it's just like that. Just like that. Yeah.
0: And Packer, and um, I seen um Jamal Williams, Packers running back, was talking about he was getting his ankles twisted at the bottom of piles. He's like I'm going to start kicking players under the pile if this is what's going to happen and I'm like, "Oh, I don't know. I don't think the NFL is going to be too kind to the uh, your, your your statement there, man." <laughs> like you're talking about you're going to kick people and stuff under the pile. Like, okay, go ahead. Not really probably going to get flagged and stuff for it. Now, suspended or fined yeah. or whatever. Who knows. Um two other things yes. I want to mention really quick before I talk about the preseason one. Josh Gordon's back. Says he's
1: back, which is a good thing. Josh Gordon I know that's your boy, and uh, I'm happy that he's back. I'm happy that uh, he stepped away from the game and uh, got his life, you know, held his life together. And uh, I'm not sure exactly what he did during this his time away from the game, but I'm sure it was in related to you know him his road to recovery. So,
0: yeah, I'm not sure exactly what the process was, but he did put out a statement and said, "Thank you for your love and support. Most importantly, your patience as I took the time needed to ensure my overall mental and physical health." Um, he thanked a bunch mm-hmm. of people. He said, "This is by no means been an easy road, and I'm extremely grateful to, to have all of you in my life." As I humbly return to being a member of the team with an opportunity to get back to playing this game I love, I realize in order for me to reach my full potential, my primary focus must remain on my sobriety and mental well-being.
1: I love it. I Much love respect it. to that man. I, yeah.
0: I appreciate that maturity, man. You know what I mean? That that uh to okay. be that to be that open and honest about it, and to you know to attack it before it gets out of hand. I appreciate it, man. So yeah season. um
1: I, I I definitely I mean I support him one I support him 100%. So if he you know if he says he needs to step away from the game, you know, I'll be, you know, by by all means, you know, do what you got to do for your health. Um but I probably will not be drafting Josh Gordon. I I'm, I'm not drafting this guy. Shame on so, you, man. Shame <laughs> on you. <laughs> what? Shame Are on you. Are you kidding me? I mean, listen, Listen, in order to get in, in, order to get Josh Gordon, you're probably going to have to reach for him in the third or fourth. I, I doubt he gets – I doubt he makes it to the fifth round uh, in most drafts. Um, you probably got to have to reach for him to get him. And I just feel like there's just way too many risks associated with this guy. Um, and at any moment during the season, he could step away from the game and and that could be an indeterminate amount of time. So so, so what A,
0: what ADP would you need him at? Like where, where where would you need to draft him for you to feel comfortable? What round?
1: Uh, in order for me to feel good, I would say I, I need to see I need to see him in the, the maybe the bottom half of the 5th, top of the 6th in order for me to get him. I'm uh, mm-hmm. I'm not going to I'm not going to reach for him in the 4th. I think some other people will because the t- talent's there. The, the talent is definitely that he could put up number one number one tight receiver numbers um uh that Browns offense looks better uh they got competent actually they got good quarterback play now i mean from from Baker Mayfield to uh Tyrod and so i think he looks like he'll be off the board by the fourth um but i don't know man i think in order for me to get him i, I got to see him in the 5th six round yeah I
0: think his ADP is like in the fifties like in the low fifties um and like you yeah. said it's it's a, it's a it's a big it's a big potential thing so you don't feel like the risk is worth the reward currently um I'm sure this has you know what? I'm it, sure this is scared some people off but you feel like still the ADP hasn't fallen yeah. enough.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean I was gonna say though the, so the other thing too though I, I take it back kind of a little bit is it really kind of depends on your team, right? So if you are confident in the plays that you've selected before, that they're guaranteed locks, um, you know, in those first three rounds or whatever. Um, if you're confident in those guys and you feel like, okay, you can take a risk and get Josh Gordon, then it makes sense. I guess I, what I guess what I'm saying is I'm not going to reach for Josh Gordon. I'm gonna if he falls to me in the, the ideal landing spot, I'll take him, but I'm not gonna reach for him. Josh Gordon's gonna, gonna be
0: it. winning people championships this year, Bruce. Hope
1: championships. You, hope you're one of them. Hope you're one of them. Uh, probably not.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Listen, we're rooting for we're rooting for Josh Gordon. He'll be on my teams. He won't be on Bruce's teams for the most part, and that's okay. Um,
1: yes. Now hold on. He, he's he's actually is he on your team in our uh, in our dynasty league? I
0: don't, I don't know if I got him there. Let me check. People always seem to scoop him up before me whenever I'm in the draft because they know I like him bunch of little rats man let me see
1: I don't or or, 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 is, or is he on the the wide receivers misfits teams uh, misfits, misfits, <laughs> he's not on my receivers? team
0: he is where is he let me see i think i know whose team he's actually on he is on troubled wide receivers i know he's on his troubled team wide be, i know he's on his team because he tried to yeah. trade me him like a bunch of times because he knows i love him
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh josh gordon yeah get your life together man we support you bro we support you bro i'll have them eventually i'll
0: in due time i'll get them everywhere yeah just gotta wait these guys out before we get into this preseason talk bruce there's players who have stood out who will stand out Mm -hmm. in preseason Mm -hmm. right let's break out the how much do we give a shit meter again for a second scale of one to ten ten being the highest level what level are you at When it comes to players who have big games in preseason, how much do you care? One to ten.
1: I I would say one to ten. I I am mm, a six to seven. I would say six and a half.
0: Okay. So you you definitely feel like there's some value there, even if it's a guy that's not a big name. You're like, okay, this means something, a little bit of something.
1: Of course, of course. And more so with the guys who play, uh, in the first half right the first who are you we know, in first to first half maybe the third quarter um because they're going against going up against guys who are potentially going to be on the team they're going up against guys who you know it's the first half starting defenses um whereas in the fourth quarter i feel like sometimes you know if it's if it's early on in the preseason or depending on how the coach is you know you might be playing against guys who won't be on the team for sure who are going to be part of that you know that forty-player cut that's going to happen pretty soon. Um, so I think uh, I'm about a six and a half. I think there is definitely if a, if a guy comes in there and starts slinging the rock at quarterback, you got to pay attention to that. If a guy comes in there and starts busting off runs, and I mean remember back uh, Victor Cruz before he became Victor Cruz, he was killing it in the uh, in the in the in the preseason. You know, getting like three touchdown games and just going wild. Uh, But then, obviously, he didn't finally get a chance, uh, or he finally got his chance one day, and yeah, he became Victor Cruz uh, that we all know and love, salsa dance Cruz.
0: Yeah, I I agree with you from that standpoint, and also, you know, it like you know, it's kind of a perception thing as far as you know what is at that position, you know, on the team, who are the starters, you know, you got a guy like, for instance, Lamar Jackson. Who's done a lot of great stuff since the preseason? He's looked like everything that you know. I expected him to be what he's done in college. He's doing in the NFL, and you mm-hmm. know, but then you got Joe Flacco, right? And so the Lamar Jackson mm-hmm. thing—it seems like you have to temper it right now in a sense that you don't think the Ravens will actually go into the season and say, "Hey, we're you know Joe Flacco because Joe Flacco hasn't even looked bad really." Um, so it's like they're not going to bench joe flacco for lamar jackson going out as much as i want it to happen as much as everybody wants it to happen as much as i think the ravens are playing make-believe tack like joe flacco is better than lamar jackson um you know it's it's to me it's not likely to happen at least right away so that's a guy who you know has been balling pretty well in the preseason but you got to temper yourself um curious about a guy like this so the raiders have a running back named chris warren right um he's a rookie out of texas um in week, uh, week one, he rushed 13 times, 86 yards, which is pretty good. And then last week, he rushed uh, 18 carries, 110 yards, touchdown. Okay, now Marshawn Lynch is in front of him. They're obviously not benching Marshawn Lynch for him. So... How much do we how much how much is a fantasy player supposed to care about Chris Warren? Do you know what I mean? Lamar Jackson, we're gonna care about, especially in Dynasty. You're gonna draft him regardless. But a guy like Chris Warren, I mean, how much do you feel like we care about this when it comes to a guy like him? When Marshawn Lynch is in front of him, you know, Marshawn Lynch only has a few years left, if a few year left, who knows what he's gonna do, right? So how much stock do you put into a guy like that? This this could be one of those guys that you know you draft, guys you know, and you draft, just and you give him a chance, you know, and, and you just sit him out, chance, and then eventually he, he saves you out, for the, the season. Lynch he gets he hurt he or he whatever he the case season. is, and this guy balls
1: out. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. So I think for a guy like Chris Warren, um, well, first of all, his dad is. The other Warren, right, the one that had like forty-two touchdowns yeah. one season, right? Seahawks, right? <laughs> or his number, his number was forty-two, and he had like twenty touchdowns. It was something crazy. Um, but uh, when he played for the Seattle Seahawks, I think. Yep. Um, but I think with a guy like Chris Warren, you gotta give us some. You gotta give us some credence. Uh, the only thing about Chris is that he's. I believe he's behind the depth chart. Not only Marshawn Lynch, but Dougie Martin is there. You know, and then also is uh, Allen. Jalen Richard's still there? Jalen Richard, and yeah. what about the other kid, Washington? Yep, they're also yeah. Jalen Richard, what about Washington? They're also, they there. also as there? of right
0: now, they're also there.
1: Oh, I mean, so so in so in redrafts or in just traditional, um, I think you you almost cut ca- you let this one go for now, and keep it in the back of your mind. But for dynasty, I don't know if you got a bench spot and you like a guy who has you know a unique size. Uh, and you know skill because he's a big dude I mean I, I watched the game um, that that they just played and you know the kid is like six foot plus almost damn near 250 pounds <laughs> um, and yeah he's like a rock so I mean if you you know if you got if you're on a dynasty team and you, you want to pick him up I, I I think it's definitely definitely worthwhile
0: yeah my, my, my projection as a Raider fan is Lynch is a starter he's not going anywhere As much as everybody hates on Doug Martin, he is the backup and he will stay the backup. Um, Jalen Richard will be the pass catching back, right? Third down back kind of guy. DeAndre Washington's getting cut or traded. And then they'll keep Chris Warren in the fourth spot. So that's how I think it's going to happen. Okay. I feel like they've been showcasing DeAndre Washington, you know, in the preseason and he's done well. So I feel like he'll get moved or cut um, and Chris Warren will get kept. They just like him a lot. And there's been like weird stuff with Washington, like missing practices and stuff, just oddly. I don't know, but it's just like I just feel like that's gonna be the case. And I think you're, I think you're correct as far as redraft. Don't even worry about him. It's not. Nothing's gonna happen with him. Um, and in and, and yeah. Dynasty, I think you definitely get him. You know, you definitely stash him and, and just hope for the best kind of thing. But like you said, I mean, young kid is doing it in preseason. He's crazy big, so there's potential there. You know, so we'll see. But is there any player exactly. like that, exactly. like Chris Warren, that stood out to you? Whether it was a Giants player or just a player that you've kind of seen, you are like, ah, you know, Dynasty definitely, you know, take a notice or even redraft a veteran that's kind of popped in your head. Anybody like that that I can go snatch yes. in league before
1: you do? Oh well, hmm. Okay, so I think this guy is—he's already going to be on most Dynasty rosters right now. Um, but J- Kelly, uh, John—is it John Kelly? Yep. John Kelly on the the Rams? Mm-hmm. That kid looks like the real deal. I mean, he's he's a bit short, but he runs powerful. I mean, he has he runs violently. I mean, I like he has good burst, he can catch the ball, he can I mean, he can run the rock. But he has good patience, he has good vision. Um he played uh the Rams just played, you know, this past weekend. Uh, was it past weekend? Yeah, this past weekend, I believe. And he looked good. I mean, he looked like, you know, uh, the second best running back on that team, and that says a lot when the best running back on the team is Todd Gurley. You know, he looks like the second best back on that squad. Um and they got a bunch of guys who I kind of like, but I, I say Kelly, man, he's a guy I think he's someone who you got to may have. If you get Todd Gurley in redraft or in dynasty, you better make sure you have Kelly backing him up. You better make sure for sure.
0: Yeah, I I I agree with you. I think I snatched him up in a couple of places earlier um you know before he got a chance to show himself in preseason um i don't have girly really in any leagues but i just snatched him up just to piss the girly owner off because i was like yeah this guy's gonna show <laughs> nice. out at some point and girly owners are gonna kind of get a little nervous <laughs> not that he's gonna take their job yeah, exactly like, you know they're gonna want to you know want that back that handcuff kind of guy yeah um so yeah,
1: of course and you know you know who else, who else i like too. speaking of the rams i like that other kid i like the other kid uh justin davis Oh, the yeah uh, the other running back so they got a couple they got a couple uh nice running backs i mean justin davis is he's a one cut hit the hole and go um and he's and he's kind of elusive so um he's a bit on the on the skinny side but i think uh his game translates well to the nfl on the right team
0: yeah for sure so let's jump into the preseason here a little bit. Just some, just some. Okay. I mean, I just got some things, I guess, on my end that guys that have stood out to me, uh, at least, you know, at least in week two. Um, you know, we mentioned Chris Warren. You mentioned John Kelly. Uh, we talked mm-hmm. a little bit about Lamar Jackson. Like I said, I think the the Ravens are still playing make believe with Flacco, but that's fine. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think of fantasy worthy things. Uh, Hines in Indianapolis. Everyone wants to say that he's the better running back over Marlon Mack. Uh, he fumbled the ball today, so screw you guys. Um, he's not going making... to. How
1: did How did How did Jordan Walk, Jordan Wilkins do? Um, you know what? Today. I
0: didn't check the stats. Let me see if he did anything today. Um, but while I'm looking that up, like I said, I can't stand the uh, the Hines over Mac take. So I'm glad that he fumbled the ball, so you guys can see that Mac's not losing his job to this guy. Um, Wilkins <laughs> was seven for twenty-six, so nothing great, but. Um... S-
1: so, uh, ugh, <laughs> hmm. okay. Yeah,
0: so nothing great, but, uh, you know, everyone wants to be on Heinz bandwagon you know, so to see him fumbling, I'm like, eh, hey, yeah. reassuring my Mac take here. It's all good.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, as, as you look at it, let me throw one out there. So, uh, another player that I like, um, who I think might be, uh, underrated a little bit, even though he's probably going in the fourth, um, fourth round ish. Uh, Kenyon Drake I think oh, okay. uh I think I think Frank Gore is there he's he's probably going to steal some touches but I think you can expect Kenyon to get 200 you know I think 240 maybe 250 carries on the season I think it's you know I think it's I think it's a you know strong possibility he gets that uh maybe more um but yeah I think Kenyon Drake uh, he's a legit RB1 in my opinion
0: See, I love Probably a low end RB1. I, I love to hear you say that, man, because I'm a huge Kenyan Drake fan, and there's not a lot of Kenyon Drake fans out there, man. There's just not. I'm They're just being honest. I'm a believer,
1: man. I'm a believer.
0: Yeah, last year, I want I want to say last year, he had somewhere in the range of like 160 touches, like runs and, and, how many and games, catches. How many
1: games was that?
0: Um. Let's see really quick. Let's see if we can find. It him.
1: wasn't a full season, so so I guess I guess the point I'm trying to make is, if he got a hundred and some odd catches, well, he, and that was
0: he, he played in 16 games last year. He he didn't start him, but you know he played in 16 games last year. Yeah,
1: well he well remember he well he played in he played in 16 games, but remember Jay Ja Jahe he was the starting running back, so he is going to get you know the majority of the work in that backfield. The question is, when did the trade happen? And that at that moment, that's when he became the full-time starter and was getting the bulk of the carries. If that makes sense, yeah. I, I think know. that's that's the we need to look at.
0: Yeah, I mean that and Damian Williams. I think got like seventy touches back there after they traded Ajayi to you know overall touches. So there's Nobody that. Worried. Let me see. When, about let, let me see when uh, Ajayi was traded exactly. Um, epic, um, it looks like he was traded around the deadline, right? So if he was, yeah, yeah it was October thirty-first.
1: Okay, October thirty first. So basically, uh, what was that about seven weeks into the season, six or seven weeks into the season?
0: Uh, yeah. Well, if it's around the deadline, that's what week, t- uh, yeah, ten or something, somewhere around there.
1: Was um, oh, week ten? All right. So. Well, either way, either way, either way. So I guess my my point is that even, even though he was getting touches early on, he wasn't getting the majority of the touches, uh, right. and he was, and he got a hundred plus touches. So I mean, just basically figure what. To figure out what what that could be when he gets the bulk of the carries over the course of a full season, I think he's RB one, and we'll see what happens.
0: Yeah, I mean that's a fair take. Like I said, I I agree with you. I think he's I think he's way better than people are giving him credit for. Um, so I hope you're right. Um, who else really stood out? Um, let's see. Tyree Kill had the big pass for Mahomes. Uh, you know, I still think Mahomes is mm-hmm. gonna struggle a little bit. You know, from time to time, but I don't think that kind of play was the last we'll see of him. So you know that that was a good look. Um yo, okay. you your boy in in in, uh, in Pittsburgh.
1: <laughs> Wait, who? Uh James Connor? Yes. James Connor has been <laughs> James Connor's been, not uh, your boy? The best running back. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, James Connor has been the best running back uh in that Steelers backfield this this preseason and it's not even close. Uh you watch you watch how elusive he is. His his He's been running through arm tackles. Like you're not just gonna bring him down by putting an arm on him. He's been strong. He's been balanced. He looks like he looks like you know. If, if Le'Veon Bell doesn't come back next year, uh, I think he he's gonna be a strong uh, a strong running back two uh, a one. Uh, probably not a one. Maybe a strong running back two next year. Um, but I like I like James Conner. I mean Jalen. You know Sam Jalen Samuels, my boy. You know it, I know it, um, but he hasn't really, like, they haven't really featured him, right? They haven't really, like, called specialty plays for him. The game I've watched, uh, you know, he's been running out of the backfield, but he's been the third or maybe even the fourth running back that they put in there behind, like, Toussaint, James, Connor, and I think there's one other guy. So it doesn't really give him the opportunity yet. I think, And I think they're doing it on purpose because I think they're – waiting until the regular season to unleash him so <laughs> i think it's all it's kind of one of those things where it's like behind closed doors they're working on all these great or at least i believe that they're working on all these great uh these great plays gadget plays for him and uh we'll see him in the reg- regular season i think that's when it comes out
0: and in the uh Nancy Lee, you got both right connor and samuels
1: correct <laughs> <Got> <laughs> correct up. I, I was yeah. i was trying to head my bets. I bet I figured, it, I figured there was a good chance that Le'Veon Bell wasn't going to be back next year. So I said, let me get both guys, and uh, let them fight it out, see who wins, and I, I should know. I feel like I'll have a better idea by the end of the season and who I can basically keep and who I can let go.
0: Yeah, the the uh, the, the kicker for you, man, is if Le'Veon resigns in Pittsburgh. <laughs> that's the big kicker here.
1: But dude, that is, see that's the kicker. But I tell you what. If James Conner um, can show that he can tote the rock and be that guy, it makes it, it makes their decision harder or easier. That's true. Depending on how you look at it. That's true. So um,
0: I, I I don't know who drafts the wide receivers in Pittsburgh, but they gotta <laughs> they gotta be the best drafter of wide receivers yes. in the league. Because we're talking about a team, and I don't know if yes. it's been the same person right. this whole time, but we're talking about a team who drafted A B. We're talking about a team who Mm -hmm. drafted Martavis Bryant for what he is. I mean, I think he's got some special abilities. Um, You know, Juju. And now James Washington, Mm. who balled out. Yeah, yeah. What's going Jay on in Juju. Pittsburgh, man? What What is going on here? Every, and, like, the problem is they have so many damn good wide receivers every year because they do this that you're like, you know, how high do I put Juju? How high do I put James Washington? Do I trust? Do I think, you know, he's not going to do anything in the regular season and Juju's really going to do everything? Like, you don't know besides A.B. what's going to happen there. You know what I mean? Like, every year they had this, you know, you thought they got rid of Bryant. Now Juju's definitely going to do way better. And then here they go. James Washington's balling out. It's like you never know what's going to happen
1: here, man. So I think um, I think in this offense, I mean, I, we, we already know they're going to run on the ball. They're going to control the clock, I think. Um, but, dude, you're right. I think whoever, whoever whoever's drafting these receivers, they need a raise. They deserve a promotion. They deserve a lot because they're just cranking out receivers. You know, Antonio Brown, Juju, and James, and even, you know, you, Martavis. James Washington looks legit. I mean, he looks legit. I mean, when you watch him play, you know, again, he's doing it. He's doing what he's doing against, you know, all, pretty much all levels, right? They've played him in there with the, with the starters. They've played him in there with the backups. And he, he just consistently wins, just point blank period. Guys are just – they just can't stick with him. And when they do, he catches everything. There is nothing that you can, like, throw in his area that he, he won't catch. And that's important when the quarterback has confidence in you, and he can throw wherever he wants. I mean, it's he's gonna throw to you, and um, I think James Washington, you know, he he could be a you know good value maybe as a third receiver or maybe as a flex. Um, so yeah, I, I love him. Uh, there is there is one guy that I that's kind of been standing out to to me, um, maybe not necessarily because of the 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 actual play on the field. But just the drumbeat and and what I've been hearing out of camp and kind of like with my own eyes, um, Anthony Miller. I don't know if you've had a chance to see him, the receiver for the Bears. Yeah, I've seen some of it. Yeah, I mean, he looks like as a rookie, he's going to contribute day one. So he looks like the kind of guy that he looks like a solid wide receiver, you know, three or four. Um, and uh, you know, good good depth on your bench. If something happens to Allen Robinson or the other kid, uh, Kevin White, he looks like a guy you should definitely have on your speed dial on the waivers. If one of those guys gets hurt, or if you need a wide receiver four, depending on how many how many receivers you have in your league.
0: Kevin White, I almost stopped recording it when you said Kevin
1: White. Get the, uh, name, out Get the <laughs> name out of here, dude. Dude, I, listen, Kevin White. I know this is gonna sound crazy, but I have faith in Kevin oh, White. God. I think he's gonna be the. I think he, I think he's gonna be the starting receiver, um, on that Bears offense, and I think they're gonna put Anthony Miller in the slot, and Allen Robinson is gonna be the number one. I think those are the three guys, on opening day, are gonna be your starting. Dude, don't be surprised. Kevin White starting. Don't be surprised.
0: Oh my God! Now you see why our fantasy advice is free, guys um no (laughs) i um yeah seriously though there i mean you know who knows you know if this may be it may he may all just come together now i mean who knows um but i'm definitely not hitching my wagon with you you can hitch your wagon to that all you want
1: okay but here's the thing remember um kevin's his his career has been derailed not because of skill, but because of injuries. Right, every year it seems like he's been hurt because of X. Um, and the injury that he had last year wasn't an injury to his feet. I don't believe that. That was an injury to like his arm or his shoulders or something. So his wheels are still good. The wheels are still. He's still fast. He's still strong. Um, and I think I think the the negativity on him has gone way too far. And I think you're going to see it. This year coming up, Kevin White puts up some strong numbers, and nah, that man. Bears offense. His coach had to like
0: Mitch... his coach had to like reteach him football and all this kind of stuff. Like, man, get out of here! <laughs> listen, listen to bring this all full circle. <laughs> listen, Kevin White has one foot in the grave and one on a banana peel. <laughs> That's all I can tell you about Kevin White.
1: Oh man! Uh, and hold on, listen. He may have one foot in the grave, one foot on a banana peel, but. He also has two hands on the football, oh, so
0: god. think about that. Oh my god! Think about that. Damn think man. about that. I'm so gonna chop this up into a clip and put it all over the place, and not even Chicago <laughs> fans are gonna agree with you. Um, yeah. A wide receiver yeah. who did look good, I'm, I'm, Taiwan Taylor, balled out for the Titans. Um, I like him, yeah. so he's a, he's a guy to look out for. A lot of people get me kind of hinting towards him this year. Uh, something I'm not happy about: Hyde and Chubb kind of look the same in Cleveland. Uh, um, so oh, that dude. doesn't look like. It. I, tell I, you? I don't think. There's gonna, I think it's just gonna be split up, man. Like the only guy who wins in this backfield to me is Duke. It's the only guy I'm, I'm, I'm okay with. I can't deal with no, this hide and jump no. stuff,
1: man. No, but but dude, here's the thing. You're wrong, right? And here's why I say you're wrong. You have in Atlanta a very similar backfield, right? You have two running backs that are good, right? You have Devontae Freeman, and you have Tevin Coleman. Tevin Coleman is a legit RB two. I don't care what anyone says. He is a legit RB two, right? Devontae Freeman is clearly the lead back, but not by that much. I think you have the same situation with the Cleveland Browns. I think you you have Carlos Hyde, who is the number one in that backfield, not an RB one, but a number one in that backfield, and Chubbs, who is the second uh, running back that's going to be on the depth chart. They are both going to get carries. Um, you know. Yeah, but is then you gonna, have they Duke, may, man may you got Duke Yeah, well, did. I'm not worried about Duke it, no, it's You probably be worried about character. Duke Nah, dude, I'm not worried about Duke They're probably going to split him out We're have, him, have him on maybe third downs uh, But I think I think the first The first early down work Early down work is going to go to Chubb and It's going to go to With, I think, the split being Like 60-40 Or something like that, at least between those two um, I think, think I think, Duke is definitely going to get some, some – he's going to get some receptions. He's going to get some carries too. Don't get me wrong. But, dude, I'm not, I'm not really worried about him. I'm not worried about him in terms of stealing carries away from uh, from Chubb this, and Hyde. This is uh, disgusting. Uh, Duke Hyde.
0: Johnson was top mm-hmm. 11 in PPR last year at running back.
1: Okay, PPR.
0: Top
1: 11. Okay. We are yeah, not, of course PPR, not moving that aside
0: Duke. for Chubb and hide. <laughs> I'm not tolerating it.
1: Okay. So where do you where do you think where do you think Duke Johnson falls in standard leagues uh standard scoring leagues this year? Do you think he's a top back? I mean, I don't
0: play standard. I really mean, not. <laughs> so I don't know. Um I mean, la, I mean last <laughs> year in standard, Duke was top he was at 21.
1: Okay, so so that's so again, I I put it to you, um, do you? But also too, the Hugh Jackson didn't really utilize Isaiah Crowell out of the. He didn't really utilize him like this. Is all just reconfirming? This is a mess, Bruce. No, no. But remember, Hugh Jackson is an old school coach. These old school coaches do old school things, right? Like they like to box running backs into this like cute little box where. They don't let them catch passes out of the okay, backfield. Okay, okay. And they have these guys, these, these, these satellite backs. So Creole like-
0: was top 30 last year. He was 30, he was number yeah. 30. Duke Johnson was 21. Now, you're comparing you're comparing this backfield to Atlanta where DeVonta Freeman was 13. This is standard because that's where you were talking about right now. And Coleman was mm-hmm, 22. Mm-hmm. So tell me where you're putting
1: these three running backs in. Oh, but dude, remember, remember, who was the quarterback last year for the Browns?
0: Who freaking knows it's like three different guys 10- exactly
1: exactly and so that's my point it was it was Deshaun kaiser so 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 teams were basically hacking the box stopping the run and daring Deshaun kaiser to beat them and now, now we got this landry year,
0: josh gordon maybe des dude, bryant dude. antonio
1: calloway dude. So, so, so so that's but see that's my point though now you're not gonna be able to stack the box and Hugh Jackson, again, is an old school coach and he wants to run the ball. You're not gonna be able to stack the box like they did last year, and you're gonna have a more balanced attack. You're gonna have a and, this and getting, also This is getting Patriots like for me, man, this also, Bruce.
0: This is getting Patriots like for me.
1: Dude, and, and also here's another thing too, another thing to factor into the equation. The defense last year for the for the for the the Browns wasn't that good. They weren't that good. I mean, they were okay. Don't get me wrong; they were okay, and maybe stopping the run, but they couldn't stop the pass, or one of the vice versa. And essentially, the Browns had to go into a more um, pass happy offense to try to keep up. Um, They had to go into garbage time. Now this year, they're not going to have to worry about because that defense is actually pretty good. They 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 have talent. They have talent now, so the game script is going to be better for running the ball so So I'm gonna say that I think Carlos Hyde Chubb are both gonna be I'm not gonna say both top 20 but I think I think for sure I believe Carlos Hyde is a top 20 running back and I I would put I would put uh I'd put a wage on that you want to put a wage on that
0: (laughs) so wait so (laughs) So you're saying Hyde will finish the season better Mm -hmm. than Duke Johnson right
1: Yes, and that's what yes. are you willing 100%. to go PPR
0: there, or you're you're staying in standard?
1: No, no, no. Let, let, let's keep it in standard because PPR. I think Duke Duke has the advantage. Okay, I think Duke has the advantage because they're gonna put him out at slot. They're gonna put him out wide. He's gonna be all over the field. So I think in league, standard league scoring. Um, yeah, I think Carlos Hyde You know him. You want to put a bet on that? See,
0: see, it's it's a bad move for me because obviously Duke has incredible value in PPR, but. I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna take it. And, and even with yes. Landry taking yes. taking shots from him, taking, you know, receptions and all this kind of stuff, I'm still gonna take it because mm-hmm. I think Hyde and Chubb will just, you know, just eat each eat into each other's plays. So I'm gonna go ahead and I'll take right. the challenge. You take Hyde, I take Duke. If this is standard, you're drafting Hyde, Chubb, Duke in that order, right? That's the order yes. you're drafting? Yeah. See if, if this Wait. is standard, I'll t- I'll still take Duke and then I'll go. Chubb. I mean, Hyde and Chubb.
1: Big believer. Okay. All right. Well, believer. we'll see. We'll see. We'll see how it plays out. I mean, look, I, I'm telling you right now, I think uh, Duke is, he's not going to outscore Hyde. Hyde is legit, bro. He's, he, he, he's going to go in there. And he's going to show him what he's made of, you know? And also when you got a guy like, like uh, um, Tyrod Taylor, who can run you know, the the read option? Who or who can you know? Or even Baker Mayfield. When you got those guys, they they make their running backs better. So we'll I, see. We'll I see agree what happens. We'll that see what the happens. whole
0: situation is better in Cleveland, but I still can't see them. Yes. If, they, if they divert from Duke, then I can't make sense of it for them. Um, All right. See. What else stood out here? Christian McCaffrey balled out. So if you're still a doubter at his ADP, good luck with making sense of that. I can't understand it anymore at this point. Um, people continue to not believe in Christian McCaffrey at his ADP, so I can't help you with that, um, dude. Barber is looking like he's going to be the starting running back in, in Tampa, which is just weird to me. Um, but it's, <laughs> it's looking like it's playing out that yeah. way. Um,
1: I'm, I'm I'm staying away. I'm staying away from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers backfield. I don't want any parts of that. <laughs> I don't. I'm just going to probably stay away from it. So. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's a weird situation. I think they wanted yeah. the rookie to be more along, you know, far along than he is. Um, anything else really standing out here? Um, trying to think, if there's anything that was really big this week besides some of the things that we've mentioned today. Um,
1: um no, I think. Oh, you know who I like too. Um, so I I watched uh, going back to it, the Giants versus the Lions, and Carry On Johnson. He looked. He looks like an RB1. See, I don't want I to mean, believe that. I don't, I don't want to believe. I
0: I've been steadfast I, in my belief against Carryon Johnson. Not that I don't think he's going to be good, but against, people have been really touting him and I'm like, come on, calm down against, a little. Against? Against? I'm just saying no let's way. just let's relax. No uh, okay. Let's relax.
1: Dude, uh, I'm going to tell you right now, Carryon Johnson, he's not going to be he's not going to put up RB1 numbers this year but he is a legit running back. I mean, I, when I watch him when I watch him play and I watch him run against the Giants, he knows his vision is good. As good he has good acceleration. He's he he built like a, a, a strong running back. Um, dude, I don't know, man. I th- think I think he's he's le- he's the real deal, man. I think uh, you're going to hopefully join the bandwagon soon enough.
0: I have P A S D right now with the Detroit backfield because I have post Abdullah stress disorder, and I don't believe any running back <laughs> coming out of that backfield is going to make me act like that about him again since Abdullah has failed me so hard. Damn. Um, so yeah, I'm not going to listen, gonna man.
1: You you got you got to treat fantasy like it's a vacuum, man. You got to basically block out what happened in years past and I'm just situation. get some scarred, Luis, I'm scarred. situation I know, man. I know. Trust me. Trust me. I, I was. I. I've been scarred. Uh, uh, a few t- times. I remember when Philip Rivers, uh, and, you know, when he was. Uh, I remember every year I drafted Philip Rivers, and he kept having sh- just crappy seasons. Uh, and then the year that I decided not to draft him, he'd had one of his best c- statistical seasons as a passer. And I was just like, "What the hell?" So <laughs> I, trust me, I know. I know the feeling, man. I know the feeling.
0: Yeah, I'm not gonna get over right now. So I'm still, I'm still dealing with the stress disorder. will I'll let it pass. And if Carry On can fix that, I'll let him fix it, man. But uh, for now, I'll say Carry On with Carry On. I'm gonna pass for now. But uh, Carry um, On, <laughs> yeah, Carry On, <laughs> Carry On about that. Um, I don't really have <laughs> nothing else for preseason right now, man. Guys still just aren't showing their cards yet. They're still playing it vanilla. They're still keeping it close to the vest. So I mean, th- those are some of the standout stuff that is happening for me. I don't, I can't think of anything else. Um, you know, that's really you know, jumped off the page to me yet. Besides all the stuff that we've mentioned in this episode. Um, I can't think of anybody else off hand right now. That's, that's been shocking or surprising or that I believe in that others aren't believing yet. We'll see because week three is a big week for preseason. Um, mo- mostly for like starters and guys, you know, really um, fighting for the depth chart spots. And then week four, we're talking about guys that were just, you know, hoping that they make a team um, playing at that point. Yeah. So, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see these next two weeks are kind of pivotal, you know, and, and again, just because, you know, week four is typically not your starters or anything like that, don't discount it. Don't discount it. There's still, I feel like, man, it's, you know, it's it's hard to discount players. People always say, oh, well, they're playing against the backups or they're playing against vanilla defense or this or that, but it's like, but they're doing the best with what they are being asked to do. You know what I'm saying? Like we can't, they're they're only shining in the, in, 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 you know, what they're given, you know? So, um, you know, cream rises to the top, to the top, man. So if, if a guy balls out, he balls out. I can't be like, hey, you know, what's he's up, doing it up. against backups. It has to mean something. Um, so we'll, 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 you know, we'll continue to touch on these things as as we go on. But um, this episode is a wrap, man. I don't have anything else. Do you have anything else?
1: Nah, man, I'm good. Okay, so I'm we'll good. catch
0: up. We'll catch up again. Like I said, preseason three should be. I, I don't know if it'll be next episode, but it'd be a, a, an episode coming up here soon. Um, so be on the lookout for that. If you're bowls. If you're a bold fantasy player, definitely try some preseason action on no halftime. I got to admit, Bruce, it's a different animal, man. It's a totally different (laughs) challenge (laughs) than... You you won't get this challenge anywhere else when it comes to preseason. I mean, it's even different than playing it during the regular season. Like it's just weird, man. Like you could you know you're getting you're picking backup quarterbacks and backup running backs and like I don't know. I find it fun. It's a different kind of challenge. So um, yeah, you know definitely try that out. You know if you if you're one of the bold ones. Um, thank you of course for being subscribed to the podcast. Tomorrow is officially sharing is Karen day. Um, so make sure you share the podcast with at least one person tomorrow. You know, if you want good luck this fantasy season, it's a good idea. But if you don't, you know, you want to be cursed for the rest of your fantasy football career, that's fine. Don't share it. Um, to be honest, I'm just making this up. There's no sharing for Karen tomorrow, but, uh, just you know, trying to pull out some heartstrings. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, seriously, it's bad luck, I'm telling you. So, definitely do it. Um, and that, you know, Bruce, I, I try to tell these guys, man, all sports take a break. But with us, it's no halftime.